0: Hello, my name is Shantel Whitaker, and today I'll be talking to you about police brutality. What is police brutality? Police brutality is about the unlawful interaction between law enforcement officers and citizens. However, it includes more than just physical abuse and excessive force. Police brutality is also about the emotional and verbal assault that is used by some officers to intimidate people. While the many extreme cases that result in death, are the ones shown on news, networks, and social media. Smaller and more verbal brutality cases happen on a daily basis. Racial inequality has been an issue throughout history. Slavery started unfair and unequal life for African Americans. When they gained citizenship, it's still nowhere near equal because of segregation and racism. Then during the Civil Rights Movement, the Black Panthers brought a new mindset to black citizens and made police become more hostile and violent than ever before. College students who participated in sit-ins brought inequality to a new level by involving white people who also got treated differently because they are willing to stick up and fight for black people's rights. All this led to the way police handle real-life situations today, with racism and excessive force. For example, the Michael Brown case. Michael Brown was an 18-year-old African-American teenager. On August 9, 2014, a call goes into the Ferguson Police Department about a robbery at a convenience store. Darren Wilson, which is a police officer at Ferguson Police Department, responds to the call. Wilson confronts two teenagers, Michael Brown and Dorian Johnson, while they're walking. Wilson uses profanity, hits Michael with his car door, and grabs him by the neck, after they supposedly did not comply with Wilson. After a struggle between Brown and Wilson, with officers still in the car, he gets out and proceeds to struggle with Brown. Wilson's gun goes off the window and Brown runs away. Wilson shoots at Brown once as he is running away and Michael turns around. Wilson shoots at him several more times until he falls to the ground. Michael Brown was unarmed. The Justice Department opens a federal civil rights investigation. Protests break out around the world as people seek justice for Michael Brown's death. November 24, 2014, a grand jury declines to interdict Officer Darren Wilson. He retires from the Ferguson Police Department. So I decided to contact the St. Louis Police Department for their use of force policies. And they sent me, of course, the um, Department General Orders, which is use of deadly force regulations. Officers are authorized to use deadly force in order to A, protect themselves or others from what is reasonably believed to be a threat of death or serious physical injury b. affect the capture or prevent the escape of a suspect when there's probably a cause to believe that one the suspect committed or attempted to commit a felony two, the crime involved use or threatened use of deadly force three there is substantially risk that fleeing suspect will cause death or serious physical injury of apprehension is delayed so connecting the St. Louis Police Department use of deadly force policies to Michael Brown's case, you could clearly see that Officer Wilson was wrong because one, Michael Brown did not commit a felony. He was not armed and dangerous. He did not use any type of deadly force towards um, Officer Wilson. He did not verbally talk to Officer Wilson wrong. He didn't run and um, Officer Wilson should be held accountability for his actions because clearly he went against his own department's policies for use of deadly force. So I read this article from Washington Post and it stated that police officers are indicted in fewer than 1% of killings, but the indictment rate for civilians involved in a killing is 90%. Eighty-four percent of police officers have stated in a recent survey that they have directly witnessed a fellow officer using more force than was necessary. On an average, in the United States, a police officer takes the life of a citizen every seven hours. Now I'm going to interview some people to hear their different opinions on police brutality. Hi, please state who you are.
1: Okay, my name is Officer William Derry, D as in David, A-R-R-E badge number 131, and I've been with the Blumenau Police Department for 25 years.
0: Okay. Um, so I'm going to ask you questions to, like pertaining to my topic, police brutality. How can you as an institution take further steps to ensure that no culture of racism exists within your force?
1: You know, I think training is the best option for that. The more you learn about different backgrounds and people's that are where they come from or the different gods they worship or things they like and don't like, the more you become in tune with that, the more you help it understand and kind of empathize with that, if that makes sense. The biggest thing with that is training.
0: Okay. Um. Would you happen to know how many African-American officers are on your force?
1: We have two right now.
0: Okay. Um. Do your officers wear body cameras?
1: No, we do not. We have cameras in the squad cars.
0: Okay. Um... Is there a pattern within your department of targeting people of color for traffic violations and misdemeanor citations? No, absolutely not. Okay. How often do your patrol officers have to get a mental health checkup?
1: You know what? That is done when we first get hired and we're implementing a plan right now where it's going to be done yearly.
0: Okay. Um, many officers involved in shootings of minorities have, com- have claimed that felt threatened. How does lieutenants um, take steps to train officers? Um, and what is actually a threat and what isn't. No, you know, we have
1: all types of training from scenarios we watch. And like I said, we watch other police videos on how they've reacted, what was the threat to them. We also have scenarios where we go in and it's almost like a large video game where you're surrounded by video screens and there's different scenarios. It's kind of like a do, shoot, don't shoot scenario. Some you're supposed to shoot, some you're not. And then you get graded and you kind of take it, each individual call as its own.
0: Thank
1: you. Absolutely.
0: Do you have any other questions? So, first off, state who you are.
2: My name is Larry Grant. I'm a teacher at Lombardi's High School I've now been teaching here for 33 years.
0: Okay, so I'm going to ask you a question about police brutality. First question, what do you think the phrase police brutality means?
2: I think police brutality is when the police use force uh, beyond what is necessary uh, when dealing with a suspect.
0: How familiar are you on this topic, very familiar, somewhat familiar, not familiar at all?
2: I am somewhat familiar, but I'm only somewhat familiar uh, because of what I see in the uh, media and what I read. Uh, I have not personally uh, seen or experienced it. Okay. Do
0: you believe police brutality is existent in America today?
2: I think police brutality does still exist today. Yes, I do.
0: Have police brutality cases changed their perspective on law enforcement on a whole?
2: Uh, I, I don't know if it has changed my perspective. We always suspected that uh, uh, there were some officers who uh, went beyond probably what they were supposed to do in terms of excessive force. Uh, but I think what uh, cameras have done and what cell phones have done is that they have really confirmed what many people have suspected.
0: Can you ever see an improvement being made to solve
2: this problem? I think they're just just bringing this issue to light with the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the things that we see that they have done uh, has really brought light to uh, not just injustices, uh, maybe during the resting process, but maybe some inequities throughout our entire judicial system. We know, for example, that uh, uh, minority groups are much more likely to be uh, arrested and much more likely to go to prison uh, and so I now that we have brought once again we are having a conversation about uh, the justice system I think it I, I think just that in and of itself I'm hoping will bring some changes
0: okay how has police brutality affected or influenced your life
2: uh, it has not uh, not directly uh, I have students uh, who I'm sure have have witnessed it or have had family members have witnessed it Um, personally not but uh, my students in class may have
0: is there anything you would want to see better when it comes to police misconduct if so what Uh,
2: I like the idea of body cams Mm -hmm. and uh, cameras in in police cars Uh, so I think that's a good step Uh, I would also like to see uh, and maybe they're doing this already I would like to see uh, police departments do uh, maybe more community relations Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that would help I would like to see uh, more police uh, maybe get out of the cars and maybe walk the beat and and, and get to know people within neighborhoods. I would like to see uh, the police departments be more diversified. I think that would be important and to bring a different perspective uh, on what policing is.
0: Okay, thank you. Hi, please state who you are. My name is Antonio. I'm 21 and I'm African American. Okay, so I'm going to ask a question about police brutality. Okay, first question. What does the phrase, um, police brutality mean? It's, um, like an extreme use of force by law enforcement officers. How familiar are you on this topic? Very familiar, somewhat familiar, or not familiar at all? Somewhat familiar. Do you believe police brutality exists in America today? Yes. Yes. Um, Have police brutality cases changed your perspective on law enforcement on a whole? Yes,
2: for the most part because there's very little discipline.
0: Can you ever see an improvement being made to solve this problem? No. How has police brutality affected or influenced your life? Um, It really hasn't affected my life very much, but I know people who um it affected like a lot is there anything you would like to see better when it comes to police misconduct if so what i would like better discipline or punishment for officers instead of like um paid leave and stuff of that sort okay thank you but we have solutions to this issue be protective not reactive police officers should value to protect people, not to harm them. Um, two, record the police. Um, always have body cameras. Three, diversify juries. So not just have one race, have multiple races. So there's different perspectives on the issue. Four, end prejudice ways. We should all be equal as one, not against each other. But also train the police to be members of the community, not just armed patrolmen. Uh, teach them when to use deadly force and when not to use deadly force. Stop criminalizing everything in many cities because they consider activity like drinking alcohol in public and spitting and sleeping on the subway as a criminal act, which is not. People are just going about their daily life like everybody else. As a result of my podcast, some of us may come to an understanding that police brutality is an issue and greatly impacting the African-American community. I've heard a different situations of how police mistreat and abuse their power and they do not have any consequences. The system is stacked up against the black community and it is no justice for any crimes that police officers commit. The police have the law on their side so they can get away with just murdering anybody. This is creating a police versus the community gap that is growing at rapid rate that it may or may not become unfixable. Thank you all for listening to my podcast and. We all need to put into consideration on how uh, if we don't end police brutality now, it will continue in the future unless changes are made.